Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And today my guest is Perplexing Ruins, the creator of Fallen and Darkness Moves. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me on here, Logar. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. I was wondering if you could tell our listeners about Fallen. You recently had that kickstarted, correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is my first Kickstarter. It was my attempt to finally write my own system. As you know, most people end up writing their own systems uh, at some point, which is sort of an extension, I think, of just reading a lot of other games. And But I was kind of wanting to try and do something a little different, which I think everybody's trying to add something, right? And I was a little bit fumbling. I was trying to play with new mechanics and things. And then I, I love kind of the early modern period. So 1600s, 1700s. And many of our games are medieval, you know, as we say, or, you know, uh, or even earlier sword and sorcery kind of things. And those are great. But I've always been really into that early modern period. But I didn't really realize that. And then funny enough, one day I went to one of these living museum type things, you know, where they have the old buildings and, you know, it was actually really well done. It was beautiful, like a little brook going through the neighborhood. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was an old mill. And I'm walking around the buildings and the grounds and there's about 25 or 30 buildings there. And they were all refurbished in the early 1800s. So it felt very nice, authentic, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'm reading one of the plaques there. And it says the stagecoach used to drive right through here and up into the woods. And it described like muddy roads and, you know, and I look up and there was their tavern. And I just had this complete overhaul picture in my brain. And my game jumped from medieval to the early modern period in about three minutes. Ah, <laughs> cool. And then the second half of that, I guess, is years and years and years ago when it first came out, I watched... Um, Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is a French film about these tricorn guys with pistols hunting down werewolf type guys in the countryside. And it's got great aesthetics. Watching it again, it doesn't hold up. I don't really love all the sort of hyper martial arts aspects of it. But as a movie, it's really interesting and fun. You get a cool glimpse into that period, which I I wish we saw more of. And so I joined my, uh, that movie popped back in my brain along with this field trip I took to these facilities. And uh, basically, I gave all my guys cloaks and tricorn hats and pistols instead of plate mail and then uh, <laughs> began writing the book. So that's the gist. So it's built on, you know, stagecoaches, muddy tavern, ciders, stuff like that, you know, like um, hunting supernatural creatures. So is there still like, like, is this a class-based system or is no. it classless or how does that It's work? classless. Yeah. So you just get your stats and four stats, strength, focus, agility, and will. It used to be three. And then I threw focus in there and there's always this debate, right? Three stats, four stats or <laughs> six, but it's a rank system. So you're classless and I devised it in a way that uses ranks. So you're four, six, eight, 10, 12, and 20. If your game goes high level. Um, So instead of levels, you have these ranks, which also sort of represent your life on the character sheet. So you'll actually put like a a D6 or D4 or whatever on your sheet and they tick down in levels. Um, So and then it's skill based. So instead of like class skills, it has kind of typical game skills. But instead of using you know, like shooting and things like that, you know, like some of the skills are crafting, exploration, lore, incantation, investigation. 
And it's really built a lot on the game Iron Sworn, if you're familiar with that, by Sean Tompkin. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm trying to think here if I've seen that one or not. So it's built. Iron Sworn is one of the greatest games in our entire scene. So it's free. Sean Tompkin did a massive service to our community. The PDF is free. It's a huge solo-based or GM-less-based game built on moves. So it's all... I have heard of it. I've heard of this. I have yeah. not. I know what you're talking about. Now. You say, yeah. That. So it's brilliant. If you're a solo player, which I am, I've actually never played with a group. And I love that system. He just kickstarted Starforge, which is the sci-fi variation on it. Um, so I'm using some of that. So like you'll do skills that have degrees of success. So you roll 2d6 plus your skill level, you know, success, complication, miss. And then there are repercussions based on whatever. I could go on and on <laughs> looking at this book forever. So if you have any questions, just shoot them out at me. Mad, like are the characters able to cast spells and scrolls? Yeah. Is that an element still in there? How did like so, since we're classless? Yeah. So we call it incantations in Fallen, and you get darker light, and it's basically like a skill pool, right? So you can choose to invest up to four points, you know, into any of the skills, including darker light incantations. So you could have three dark, one white etc and they become dice pool so based on your role if you get a success you can roll as many of your dice available or just one or you suffer a curse if you fail and you take like fear tokens which reduce your roles and things like that um, but it's real not super magic heavy there aren't spell lists there are tables with random words you know so if you roll like a, a dark die from your pool and you roll a two, you're going to get the words pillage, beast, and trails. So you can cast a dark spell. And it's all narrative-based. I mean, there are rules for some damage. Basically, that spell would do two damage. It's all D6 like that. So it's all about narrative. And um, real quick, if, I, if it's okay, one quick example. Oh, yeah. Somebody did a playtest for me recently. And they came up across a wooden door they couldn't open in their game. So they used their spell, and I think they came up with um, oh shoot, I don't I don't remember the words exactly. They ended up rolling, but it let he he played it so he could touch the wood, rot the wood, and dispel the particles or whatever, so he could get through the door. So it's all narrative based in that way. So I don't actually tell you at all what the spells do. There's a big list of words. That's kind of a cool approach. I've I've played games like uh, Once Upon a Time, or there's another one I have where it's like a storytelling game where you have to use cards and what you're given to like craft stories. I think it sounds like I'm almost doing the same thing with the spell. That's a neat uh-huh. idea. That's, that's a unique pr- approach. I've not seen. That's cool. Well, and I, I actually snagged that from Rogueland a little bit. You uh-huh. know, he's got where you roll 2d12 and you pick two words and combine them to make a spell. And I love that. I think it's just fun. You know, a lot of these games have spell lists with huge lists and, and those are great and fun too, but I don't know. I like the openness and um, and this is sort of an early modern Gothic world. So, you know, people have called it like Bloodborne, basically. And so there aren't certain spells that are in other games. I want to jump over to something else. You're an illustrator, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be. <laughs> I think most of what I'm familiar with from you has been your illustration up to this point. Mm. You had your stuff in a few things now, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've been lucky to have a handful of things come out. Uh, my favorite or most prominent was probably a book called Tales of the Glass Gnomes. That was a whole book about weird gnome culture made out of glass. <laughs> and I illustrated a 
ton of stuff for that. I really was happy with that. I did all the original paintings in gouache on paper. Oh, yeah. And I, I was really pleased. And I think the author really liked what I produced for him, too. So, But I've been in a handful of other little things uh, as well. And I'm currently working on something with Soul Muppet Publishing to do illustrations for them. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm curious to know about, like, you said you're using gouache. Is most of what you use gouache? Or would you do you branch out to other mediums much? Or how do you approach it? When I first started, it was all gouache on paper. Um, so, oh, another one that just came out is Broken Luck by Eco. He's a great podcaster as well. He's a good friend of mine. And he took a bunch of my gouache paintings for that book, including one called The Faceless God, which has done really well for both of us. But I found out gouache doesn't hold up long. It's really fragile and delicate. It scuffs easily. It's, it needs to be painted and put under glass or sealed properly. <laughs> um, so I started moving more to inks and watercolors and markers just for that. But I've got a whole box full of little gouache paintings back here that I've done. <laughs> so like on my website, there are two art prints, and those were both originally gouache paintings, uh, one of which showed up in uh, Weird Science magazine, number oh, yeah. two as their feature painting which was really cool in one of the pieces who put that weird science magazine i want to say that that, that's they go under the moniker weird science on twitter uh it's just he's put out two and they're really beautiful i have the physical versions and they're just gaming articles and interviews with some of the awesome people out there um he does like reviews interviews stories stuff like that just really beautiful magazine i hope he does number three because it's, it's really cool and then the next project i'm working on is uh called a brazen crown for long tail games which is a morkborg based card game and i'm doing all of the card illustrations for that excellent so it's about 200 pieces of art that's that's quite a few pieces of art to sit down and do it's gonna be a little time consuming there <laughs> i i've been working yeah a lot yep so you have you do a lot of pen and ink and gouache. You have a very unique style from everything I've seen of yours. I really appreciate it. I like the black and white work you do a lot. Thank you. What got you into art? Is this this thing you've always been doing, or mm-hmm. how, yeah, how did yeah, it sure. go from there to getting into games with it? I'm curious. So yeah, I've always made art. I grew up in a family that did hands. My dad was a model builder. My mom did all kind of painting, crafts, ceramics, whatever. I did go to art school. I got an art degree. I was attempting to do quote unquote fine art for many years. I had some minor few victories in that, but I lacked the self-esteem and the gusto to really make that happen. And then um, essentially I've been a nerd my whole life, but a a closeted nerd, I guess. And then um, with the pandemic, I, I very much remember this, huh? D and D. And I just started looking into it just randomly i think just like most people i think you'll find a lot of people in our scene with the pandemic join gaming or rejoin gaming or whatever you know and that's what i did and i was like oh i don't like this it's like two, 200 pages of dense text <laughs> with artwork that i don't really like and i didn't get into it and then i discovered um and i'm solo player you know i i, I can't bring myself to play with other people so i I was really struggling and Reddit was full of stuff saying, oh, you can't play solo, da, da, da. And then I discovered Martin Knight's D100 Dungeon, which is an amazing project. If you haven't seen that, check that out. It's it's pretty astounding. It's totally built dungeon crawl 
solo only ground up. It's pretty amazing. Martin Knight. Yeah. And it's called D100 Dungeon. And he's got like five or six books out now. It, it'll blow you away. It's a pretty amazing project. Um, and I played that for a little bit. Uh, I didn't have the funds, though, to kind of, you know, it, it, it costed a little more than I could afford at the time. And I was unemployed and whatever. Uh, long story short, then I started discovering the OSR, what we're calling OSR or NSR, those things, you know, and I discovered uh, Rogueland, I think it was. Rogueland's pretty good. <laughs> Rogueland's good. Weird North by Jim Parkin and Karen. I kind of discovered that whole group of zines all at once. And I was like, oh, shit. Wow, I can play solo because Rogueland's got a bunch of tools built in it for solo play. And then I started learning that the people were really cool too and helpful. And I could kick them emails or messages and they'd answer questions because I was learning. So I started writing reviews, quote unquote reviews, impressions really, yeah, to help me learn gaming better because I'm new to gaming. I just started about two years ago. And so I basically read every single thing I could get my hands on, bought books. And one thing led to the next. I made a picture. Somebody's like, oh, that looks like Troika. I bought yeah. Troika. Um, which is one of the still one of the best illustrated books in the scene, I think. I'm actually running that tonight. <laughs> I saw your post on that, man, with me, uh, Acid Meatland or whatever. The Acid Death Fantasy. That's that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I had to get that book when I heard about Acid Death Fantasy. Like, huh, yeah, there's some of my favorite things. So, like, <laughs> right. I saw your post. And I was like, oh, that'll be fun because you don't see like too many Troika gameplays right now. Uh, so hopefully you have a lot of fun with that. And then, you know, one thing led to the next and uh, a good friend of mine named LFOSR, yes. who you might know as the printer, reached out to me and really liked one of my drawings. And I, he, he and Eco were the two first people that really showed an interest in my work. And from anyway, I'm still great friends with those guys, as you know, super talented, awesome, creative people. And anyway, that's that. But I kept making drawings. I draw every day. Excellent. Right. Yeah. I, Sorry, I'm going on. Oh, on. no, Sorry. you go on. That's fine. <laughs> uh, we're coming about on time. Could you tell okay. the listeners where they could find your stuff and where they could follow you online? Yeah, totally. So I'm at Perplexing Ruins on Twitter, uh, perplexingruins.com. You can see my portfolio. I'm on Instagram under Perplexing Ruins. Um, yeah. And uh, that's that's what I got, I guess. And as always, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. And those of you that have, thank you so much. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. Our blog is wobbliesandwizards.com. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hale Crom. We have a Patreon now. You can support us. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And keep those dice rolling.